This is the truth about DAOs. Are DAOs the next big thing in crypto? And better yet, are DAOs going to transform the world? Welcome to The Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of The Bean Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we are going to reveal the truth about DAOs. What are DAOs? How can they improve your life? What are they going to do for crypto? There's a lot of questions to uncover here. And after digging deeper, they're pretty interesting. And also what people want to know is, can they make lots and lots of money by investing or joining DAOs, right? So we're going to talk about all these things today. So make sure you like, subscribe, and watch the end of the episode. It's going to be a good one. So what is a DAO? So a DAO is defined as a self-managed organization, which is defined by a transparent set of rules encoded as a computer program. So it's like running an organization from people from all around the world that you've never met based on a set of codes. So it's like a smart contract that's been implemented into an organization. You no longer need to have a manager or people to make any more decisions. It's, and you know what? I'm thinking about this. It's like, it kind of makes sense. You know, the way the world's going, the robots and AI and all that stuff. You know, you look at what Elon Musk is doing with his, his robots. I don't know. This kind of makes sense, right? So you send this code into this organization and then... There's no managers. There's no intermediaries. If one plus one equals two, then that will be executed in the contract. Right. So it's basically removing all bureaucracy, hierarchy. You know, if you think about corporations and businesses and how they're run, the structure really hasn't changed since the 1600s, since this, you know, whole capitalist, you know, all this stuff was invented. So this is really a revolutionary and it is bringing in smart contracts and tech and it's all that kind of stuff. Mark Cuban called them the ultimate combination of capitalism and progressivism. Basically saying it's an internet community with a shared bank account and interest. So I like that because obviously the internet is connecting everyone and through blockchain now it's becoming, you know, it's all stored on distributed ledgers. We've got these smart contracts who are making decisions for people. It's all automated. So DAO seems to be the next revolution in running an organization or a business or a corporation or a government, right? It's, it's a whole different thing here. So you talk about bureaucracy, bureaucracy and hierarchy. How long it can take to get a decision made inside one of these companies. So, you know, if you, if you hold shares in a company, company, for example, you'll get sent a letter and then you have to do some low voting thing and then you send it in and then hopefully behind closed doors, the board of directors actually takes into consideration what you have to say and then makes a decision on it. So there's a lot of people who need to be answered to. You know, you have the shareholders, you have to trust that behind closed doors that these board members are actually taking into account what you have to say from the general public. With the DAO, it's all on the blockchain, it's all transparent, there's no hiding, it's a lot more instant. So there's really some some good benefits here from the 1600s that we we should probably maybe move away from. Yeah, for sure. So a DAO needs three main elements to become fully functional. The first is a set of rules which will operate the organization. 
And this is defined in the smart contracts, right? Yeah. The second is the tokens that the organization can spend to either reward certain activities from the members of the DAO or to invest in things to keep the company moving or the organization. And the third one, which you were just touching on, is the voting rights. So the third is to provide voting rights for establishing the operation rules or holding the tokens. So those are the three pillars that a DAO is built on. And even, even as, you know, we're describing it now and it's this revolutionary technology, new way of, of making a business. But I feel like even for me, it's still a kind of confusing picturing what it is and how it relates to real life, you know, like compared to a real company, right? So here, here's a, a quick example. So for example, Amazon. Amazon runs on a few inputs, you'd say, to the business. How much people want prod, uh, products, so the level of popularity, the cost of raw materials and production at different facilities, and then shipping costs. So the way that a DAO would change this from, you know, the, the way that it's do, done right now is executives and managers would make decisions based on costs and popularity metrics. What, which, which product do we do? Where do we do it? Where do we ship it? The DAO would have these decisions encoded into the smart contract. So based on the changing popularity and cost of certain products, these decisions would be made by the smart contract autonomously and then voted on the big things by the shareholders, the, the DAO members. Right. So it's taking out the managers from these decisions to streamline the process. So, I mean, that's interesting because one of the, one of the you talked about the three factors for um, a fully functioning DAO. And there's almost one, you know, there's the security aspect of things that we didn't discuss, almost being like the fourth. It's kind of like the asterisk, like right, the yeah, fourth yeah. one, because because everybody has to has to vote to ensure that the DAO moves in the direction that the general public and the holders of this token and the investors in this DAO what they want. It can lead the DAO to be susceptible to hacks. And case in point, there is a as an example, it was called Slock.it. It was a decentralized version of Airbnb and it had $50 million stolen from them. And that's because <clears throat> with the issue of being secure is if there's a hack, it required the majority of, of voters to fix it. But because it was taking so long to get the votes in, the hack kept going and going and going. It, and they ended up taking the $50 million. Slock.it ceases to exist. Right. So one of the... The downsides of a DAO is you are relying on these token holders who may or may not be capable of participating in these decisions, right? So the good side of what you're trying to do with DAOs in an ideal world is remove managers from the decisions that I just laid out because managers make bad decisions. You know, if you, if you run Amazon or an Amazon-like business and you're thinking about which product to invest money into, even though you're looking at this set of data which shows you you should be looking at product A, the manager goes on a whim and chooses product B, ruining the company. So that's the purpose of a DAO is to remove managers from making bad decisions, which happens every day around the world because the, the right decision is written in code. But then when you said, if the code isn't right or the members aren't there to vote on the big decisions, there's vulnerabilities there and the way that it wants to work in a perfect world isn't necessarily how it is actually working. Yeah, and you know, you alluded to this prior to the podcast is, this is kind of like crypto back in, you know, 2013, 2014 or so. The technology's there, but now it's going to come down to different projects and companies and different organizations starting up DAOs so we can kind of 
iron out the kinks. You know, when do you need the when do you actually need the the general the token holders of this DAO to vote? When do you not need them? Right. Right? Because the other thing was these token holders may not be, you know, not the smartest people in the world when it comes to making decisions in, you know, like like let's say I'm I'm an engineer or you're a mechanical engineer. You have the know-how. You know how something's supposed to be done when it comes to designing something. But yeah, these token holders, they don't know what the heck they're doing when it comes to comes to that type of, you know, expertise and knowledge. So there's also that side of things that we have to approach as well. For sure, because you don't want to take the human intuition out of making business decisions completely because some of the best businesses and organizations have been built by revolutionary and visionary founders and managers making good decisions. So if you're removing that human element from it, there's big things you could potentially be missing out on. So I think there's, they're going to be need to engineer some sort of hybrid way where the edge cases, like things you don't you know, think that happen, the human needs to step in, or something in the smart contract that still has that human element into it, because I don't think you want to remove it 100%, right? But no. one, one of the things I love about DAOs, and, and when you talk about the truth about DAOs and what they're doing, is it's solving a lot of issues that the world has come to right now, where, you know, we're not in a great place, there's climate crisis, there's radical wealth, uh, you know, inequality, a lot of social things in the world are bad. And a lot of that is because companies have been focusing on only on profits for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years, it's all about money, right? But with a DAO, it can be a little bit more socially conscious, because it's not just 10 executives making a decision. If it's an entire community of people wanting decisions that have the best interest in all their families and everyone around the world, Long term, the potential of the DAO could be to change the world for the better because it's not just the 1% of the 1% making the decisions, right? Yeah, so there's not just one type of DAO. There's multiple, there's different types of DAOs. I think at the end of the day, we're going to see where DAOs are going to be better utilized than others. You look at some of the top charities in the world, and it's a joke. You know, see like the CEO of the charity is driving around in some beautiful car that costs half a million dollars, has some insane house. For every dollar invested, it's like, Two, two cents actually makes it to the actual foundation or whatever. Right. So, you know, you have protocol DAOs, you have grant DAOs, philanthropy DAOs, social DAOs, collector DAOs. Um, so in terms of what you were saying, you know, that would fall under like maybe the grant DAO. It's a nonprofit donation. So <clears throat> a company that people might already be familiar with is the Ave Grant. So every quarter they have X amount sent to their development. Um, maybe for the philanthropy DAO, you know, creating an impact on the climate or sorry, into, in the world, you can have food charities or, you know, sending money over to Ukraine. However, it's right. So that's when it's really going to come into play and I think really have a huge impact and change on the planet itself. Yeah. There's so many good things that DAOs can accomplish, but it's important to, if you want to reveal the truth about DAOs, we also have to talk about where the DAOs could really go wrong. And, and like you said, DAOs could be like crypto in 2012. It's so early. People don't really know the full potential or the, the, the downside from it, right? So it's this untapped technology. So for example, you have this DAO and now you've removed managers and stuff from the business uh, decision uh, equation. What if there's a labor strike and you need to negotiate new wages in this DAO governed uh, business? Are you going to leave that up to smart contracts? I feel like you need that human intuition to negotiate those wages, right? Or for example, what if there's another pandemic and no one really, it's a different one. So now, you know, they've programmed what happened with COVID into the smart contracts, 
but it's a different pandemic and things are, um, you know, playing out in the world in a way that no one alive has ever seen before. How do you write a smart contract to solve that? And I know humans didn't do a great job of managing COVID, <laughs> but a smart contract wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah. So there's, there's these edge cases that you will never fully be able to replace humans in. So I'm not sure how DAOs are going to get around that or integrate. So they need like a hybrid approach. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like when we were trying to determine when the bottom of the Bitcoin bottom is going to be. And there's just so many macro factors at play now. All of a, all of a sudden, <clears throat> you have, you know, Putin all of a sudden does start launching nukes. Or China all of a sudden shuts down everything. Or some virus. Like, you just can't factor in absolutely. Or some major heat wave. You know, just wipes out California or something. Mm. You just can't, you can't factor all these in, right? So, I think that's definitely a major hurdle. And, again, I think it's really going to happen what's going to happen with artificial intelligence and maybe like self-learning artificial intelligence, but who knows how far off that is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's important to not just look at these bad things, what could happen. So, you know, yeah. another example is what if the, what if the governance token for the Dow hit zero? Well, then what? Then I guess the Dow's bankrupt. Mm-hmm. I guess that company going bankrupt. Or what if the code fails? It gets hacked. Like you were talking about, there's, <laughs> there's so many edge cases and these things need to be, you know, solved or at least addressed in terms of, it's fine if you have these, you know, NFT collector DAOs or whatever, these, these donation DAOs. But when you're talking, a lot of people are saying DAOs are the future of organizations and corporations. So you're thinking a DAO is going to run a company worth $100 billion or a country is going to be run. You know, I just, yeah, that is so far in the future for me, 50, 100 years in the well, future. too far off. It's too far off to even understand or even make claims or predictions about what it's going to do. But I think, again, when we compare it to crypto in 2012, say, the potential with DAOs is high, especially start starting at the grassroots level for crypto companies or NFT or Web3, smaller organizations of like-minded people from around the world. I like that quote again. I'm going to say it again. An internet community with a shared bank account. Mm. And that's really what, you know, these, these subreddits of people who have never met each other, but they want to make decisions based on their mutual interests from around the world. That is where I think we're going to see DAOs really proliferate over the next five to 10 years because it enables that in a way like nothing else can. Yeah, it's going to be more of those, like you said, like those grassroots <clears throat> uh, levels where, you know, besides the philanthropy where, you know, we're sending uh, food to a country that needs it or money where a country that, that needs it, it's going to be where maybe too much money is not ex- at stake. So more like those social DAOs, you know, like for example, you and I could start one up um, and then people can kind of determine what our, our content is going to be. They can kind of vote. And the cool thing about about that, though, is it, and it ties into like another project we talked about before, the creator coins. The, people can invest in your success. And as creators, we can continue making content, developing our ecosystem, you know, coming up with an app, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of cool that people can say, hey, well, why don't you guys start doing this? Or I want to, I've noticed that more people want to learn about that. And they can, and they're like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. And then we implement it. And the next thing you know, our DAO is worth a little bit more. So people can kind of invest in us. And that's what DAOs are providing an opportunity to do. Yeah. Another area I sound, I thought was really neat was when the, with the media DAO, there's a really big company now. It's, I'm seeing them everywhere more and more. And it's called Bankless. Have you heard of them at all? Yeah. So they're, they're creating content based off of what the people want to see. And it's in a time where, Media is so, you don't really, you know, you watch CNN, you watch CBC, any of these major news outlets, you don't know who's funding it from the back end and saying like, look, 
we need you we need this message being put out we want we want biden to win the election we want to rig the voting whatever it is right so with these media DAOs, it's a lot more transparent it's all it's on the blockchain there you can see it and i think that's really neat so again it's i think that's where we're going to kind of see it at first yeah so yeah and didn't bankless get they got booted from youtube and they got put back up or something yeah yeah something you know well that's the thing right because youtube is owned by some other massive media corporation yeah, right so then who's google who's google run by the shareholders not it needs to be a DAO. <laughs> yeah for sure so i think basically what what we're saying is DAOs are so early and we're going to see a lot of grassroots DAOs come up over the next say five to ten years which are probably it's probably going to be good because the smaller they start the smaller the mistakes that they'll learn from you know like if you want to you don't want to go big with a DAO and then have this one of these edge cases that we talked about where they get hacked or a human has to make a decision which they can't because there's no part in the smart contract for them to intervene. You want to get those mistakes out as small stakes as possible before big corporations or companies or cities or towns start trying to run themselves with DAOs, right? Yeah. So I think it's important. And for any new technology, trial and error is the key. So what we're going to see over the next years is a big time trial and error with DAOs. I'm sure there's going to be well publicized cases of DAOs just fucking failing. Was that like the Wonderland Time DAO? Is like yeah. they, they tried to do that like three three staking or whatever, and it, it was trying to reward people for holding. But then if people start to sell, then all of a sudden the whole the whole thing that, just that's spiral, right? Like, yeah, like so. Luna. so we're going to see these these huge failures of DAOs, and of course, people that don't want change are going to say, "Look, this failed. This technology is horrible." It should never be anywhere. Yeah. But I think what the important thing is that people continue building these DAOs, trying what works, eliminating what doesn't. And then moving forward, we can start to see some maybe more socially conscious organizations that are taking into account the decisions of everyone in them, as opposed to a closed door shareholder meeting of far, five executives making decisions yeah. for millions of people, right? Yeah, it'd be nice to kind of get the perfect blend because you're right. You see these big wigs behind the closed doors and how much money they're making and you don't know what's being said or being done so it'd be cool if we could somehow incorporate the two together and get that perfect blend for sure i mean there's a lot of exciting things that they could potentially do there's a lot of hurdles and stuff that needs to overcome but you're going to be hearing more and more about DAOs because as we keep saying DAOs is basically like crypto in the early 2010s so this is early early days for a new technology but we're going to keep you guys updated with DAOs. And if you like this, make sure to like and subscribe. Yeah, and tune into the next episode. That one's going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the BeamPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeamPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.